Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. And I am Will. And I am uh, going to take over for Chuck as well. I mean, he's not here. I was not here last week. Uh, so we're, we're, ta- we're taking shifts. <laughs> sure. So... Yeah. I'll, so I'll before to... before we hit record, you uh, said you were uh-huh. really annoyed with what Chuck and I did last week. So no, it's yeah, it's just it's every time, and I feel like <laughs> somebody has to step in and be like, oh, oh, come on, guys, no, um, no, there are a few things I want to say. I, so I'll get into that after I kind of give my my feelings on just kind of where we're at right now with the Mandalorian. So I know I've mentioned it before. Um, it, this is. This 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 season is just garbage compared it is. to the first yes. two. I mean, okay. there's there's not really a way around it. Um, you know, I'll keep saying it. Like they just don't know where they're going. No um, idea. It, it's it's not that we don't know where they're going. It's just that they don't know where they're going. And the only excuse I can come up with is that they're just using this season to set up other spinoffs. Possible. And it's the only ex- it's the only explanation I have because. Introducing the Pergil in episode one with, you know, the space whales um, and like all the stuff with Bo-Katan, all the stuff with the Adelphi Rangers, you know, like, and then, you know, again, the Pergil thing's all about Thrawn. So that's all Ahsoka because she was the first one to bring up Thrawn in anything live action. I, I really feel like all they're doing right now is really just pushing to say, okay, yeah, Mando started this whole thing. However, we're going to go in different directions. So let's just let's just give them a season because they've all been asking for it, but we're going to use this opportunity to set everything else up. That's the it, only explanation I can it have seems like It seems like the weeks... The writing that, is garbage otherwise. The weeks that we've been... Go- well, the four episodes that we've done so far, everything that you and I said in the premiere is like just ringing home. How we were both on the mm-hmm. same page with everything the show has been doing so far. And I said it then, I'll say mm-hmm. it now. I see the Disney machine on full display. I am in complete agreement with you. It feels like right. they're just setting up you know, future shows, future films, whatever nonsense they are going to do. Um, yeah. And and last week, again, like a thirty minute episode where at, where almost nothing <laughs> happens except for pterodactyls. It's like, so I I do want to start there. Get your thoughts on that since you weren't here last week. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so part part of my my notes were listening to your podcast and then like <laughs> just writing a couple of key things that were valid. Um, and taking some additional notes and bringing up some other valid points. So, yes, weird pterodactyl creatures stealing a kid, flying off. They saved the kid. End of the episode. That's pretty much all that we got. <laughs> um, the one thing that's that's very clear, we get, we've always said, wow, Boba Fett's got a jetpack. How cool is that? And all we see is him kind of jump. From pl- like from one place to the other really quickly, mm-hmm. and that's that. And the next thing we see of a jetpack being a jetpack is Din Djarin like grabbing Grogu and then flying up to a ship. You know, later at the end of what season one? Yeah, at the end of season one, he flew up to the end after on Navarro and all that. Yeah, okay. And he flies away with Grogu, and that's okay. That's what sh- that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. So we get to see a jetpack being a jetpack. Now we have all these Mandalorians, and they all have jetpacks. Disney is just trying to say, hey, jetpacks are finite. Like, their fuel is finite. They can't last. They need something better than jetpacks. So they're moving on to now raising these winged creatures that they will eventually ride and have as as something better. (laughs) So I get that, but it's like, wow, what a way to just sit there and just, like, throw the jetpack out the window. Like, yeah, it's great in short bursts, but it's not the best. We're gonna move on to them raising weird dragon, you know, pterodactyl things. Maybe we'll have an episode it's, it's, where they dig for oil, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's what they're doing there, and that makes more sense because jetpacks are just proven to be unreliable. You know, they're cool when they work. I mean, that scene where he where he jumps out of her ship and then you know bursts it really quick, then rolls off, hops in the N one flies away like that we talked about how great of a of an opener that was for yes. like any episode and so far that is still the highlight of this entire season um you know because all we've had after that is swamp thing you know or davy jones as you davy guys jones, call him and which is no and, more. I mean, it's just like <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you never know he yeah so I, he's I, in the locker i will also say like you, you put a lot of faith in these jetpacks i i'm for one am willing to see them go because last week 
when they had the jetpacks, they still weren't doing all that great against the beast. You, you saw, I don't know if it was Bo-Katano or it was just another Mandalorian, but literally... Let, let me correct you on that, too, because you, you said it multiple times. Her name is Bo-Katan Kreese. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan Kreese. Not, not, not Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting them confused, obviously. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but you saw Bo-Katan. I don't know if it was her or it was another Mandalorian, but the pterodactyl beast creature just swatted her away with the wing like oh, it yeah. was absolutely nothing. No problem at all. Oh, yeah. So uh -huh. the jetpacks ineffective <laughs> i don't know well, i don't know yeah. i mean the way that they explained how the jetpacks work didn't they at one point say just just think about it or oh, he, he told grogu just you know think about what you want the rockets to do or you know yes. the gun to do and it'll yes. do it. it it was like so that's how the jetpacks work as well it's like all of their technology is all just like sensing and feeling and commanding it you know sure. and it's like okay i mean they kind of explained it by just saying that throwaway line but the reality is, I guess, if you get knocked in the head and you're unable to, like, focus on what you're doing, it, you know, you really have to focus and not just press a button. I can see how that could just knock her off kilter and into the water. But uh, uh, whatever. I okay. mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So there's that. Um, my <laughs> here's a big question I have. Now, I know that we were going back and forth on the whole, like, she said, have you removed your helmet? Not. Has anybody seen your face? And I'm I'm done having that argument back and forth. I know you and I were on the same page there, and it was Chuck who was, you know, basically saying, no, she never said that. I'm like, well, she did say it. And he's like, yeah, but she meant this. I'm like, but she didn't say that. So it's the all whole for nothing, point was, It's all for nothing. It's all, <laughs> it's all for nothing. It's all stupid. The point is, I get it here. We get to the point where it's like she just she just didn't choose her words wisely. She was saying things, being cryptic. And again, I think this also comes down to they just didn't know what they were doing, and they're changing the lore as they go, it seems. It's like, well, we didn't say this, and it could have meant this, so therefore we could do what we want. It it's a ridiculous argument to have now it makes everything that we oh, talked yeah. about with that completely irrelevant because now oh, yeah. they, they've set up they've set up the MacGuffin. so now if oh, yeah. bo-katan just wants to say hey i'm your leader now no more helmets do whatever it okay fine it, like you just yeah. said they're changing the lore as they go and i fully expect something yeah. like that to happen we went through this entire story arc of her having this emotional connection and, and like re reuniting with her people essentially and like we're we're mm -hmm. building her to be the big the, the leader like that's what we're doing and the whole right. thing about her helmet and she doesn't know how she feels about it and the whole scene where she's by the fire oh you can sit by the fire and you can nothing it, it's all mm -hmm. well, up out, out the window now we're, we're not oh yeah no, absolutely <laughs> completely yep. gone completely irrelevant right yep which we'll get into but here's my question <laughs> We've got Paz, <laughs> we've got Paz Visla. Now, I know I mentioned to you before about who he was, like Tar Visla was the head of the Death Watch, which is what the sect kind of became over time. Um, they were like a bad group, a bad crew of Mandalorians that were just like radical rebels, like rebels against like the Mandalorians that were peaceful people. So it was mm -hmm. like, why are you, whatever, they were bad guys. So my question is this, he has a son. Yes. Okay, so he has a son. Where's the son's mother? Yeah. We don't know. Maybe she died in battle. How did they have a kid? Well, it, yeah. <laughs> with their helmets on? <laughs> when a man I, and I a mean, woman love each other, I mean, do we really have with to their get help, <laughs> With their helmets on? Maybe, maybe they had the child before he decided to commit his life to a man to Mandalorian. But he's Paz Visla. I, I don't think it was before. The kid was like eight. Okay. And I'm just saying. Really? Okay. This helmets. Makes, okay. Okay. Full helmets. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's acceptable? What's the visual, allowed? The visual. The visual. I, I don't want the visual. I just. just I just want to understand. I just want to understand. I just really I, want to understand. I, I, I have nothing for you here. That's where I was going. Okay. That's what I thought. But okay. if you're telling me that this person has been a Mandalorian for much longer than eight years, then, then yes, just the helmets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at one point, uh, I'll just say that. I just thought it was weird. Um, the other thing is you said something about they're going to ride these things around like a bantha. <laughs> You said, you said, like, Boba Fett, like a bantha. And I'm like, no, not like a bantha. 
Boba Fett rode a Rancor. It was the Rancor that he. Oh, you could know you were talking about the Mythosaur. It was gonna a ride joke. the Mythosaur. I, I know, I know, like I know. A but it was the Rancor. It was the joke. I, it was I, a... I, I know, but it was the Rancor that he rode that Fine. was like another myth type thing. So yeah, if it was a Bantha, I'm all for it. Yes, funny joke, but technically it was a Rancor. Okay. Um, and I never said that most of the cities in all the galaxy are floating. I spliced in I never s- your audio into the video. It's there for all to hear. But you but said most of the cities are floating. I said most of the cities that we've seen, a lot of them that we have. Now, I didn't. Now, think about this. He's going, <laughs> Where was Yoda? I'm like, Not in a city. He was in a swamp. You know, like you can have all these things. Where was Tatooine? Yeah, a desert. But all of these thriving cities are floating. So let's get into um, let let's actually get into here the reality of Coruscant. Uh, so Coruscant, um, Monument Plaza, which we saw in that other episode, is home to the last remaining mountain peak of the planet. Now this is not just made up there. It actually is part of the extended universe that was brought up. So this stuff was actually written. Coruscant was introduced. Um, obviously, we never heard about it in the original trilogy, um, but we did hear about it in the prequel trilogy. Now, the prequel trilogy was considering stuff that was in the extended universe, which most of it, or some of the best of it, was written by Timothy Zahn, who did the Thrawn trilogy. Now, um, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole thing about this, and yes, the reality is this planet, although we saw them running down on streets, the streets are floating streets. So it's actually, there are different levels of, of living on Coruscant. There's like the underworld, then there's like the mid, and then there's the upper crust that are high up in the clouds type people. Okay. So th- it really is, that, that is accurate. Uh, okay. A lot of really interesting things about that. Um, I mean, obviously we know it's, it's not the center of the universe, but they basically say that it, it might as well be. Um, you know, and it's just like a whole bunch of ridiculous things that were coming up about it. But, um, one thing I thought was actually kind of cool is all the weather on Coruscant is actually artificial. Um, so they actually create the weather. That's weird. Uh, because of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really weird things, but Coruscant is a really pretty, it's a, it's a pretty cool place. And if you don't really know much about it, you know, you'll make, uh, comments and claims like Chuck did. But the reality is, yes. That does make sense. It is a floating city. Okay. It's just that we've seen multiple levels of this city, and that's just how civilization is because of the advancements in technology. People did live above, and you know when we see deserts and swamps and things like that, or Hoth, you know, like a you know a terrain like that, which is basically a big snow desert. Um, yeah, we're we're seeing mostly the actual ground, but in many cases, the people who are rich live up above and they don't ever really touch the ground so it's kind of a class thing yeah. so as the cities grow and get bigger and bigger it, it rises up and a lot of it's for sustainability as well not just you know anything else like the about? land is, is no longer great for it but you're thinking mm-hmm. about a movie this was in a movie uh-huh oh yeah with the upper class it's called lived. star wars <laughs> no um matt da- matt damon um oh elysium elysium yes yeah, I fell asleep. Where they just kind of lived off world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. Oh boy. Anyway, I just I wanted to bring those few things up because I'm listening to it going, oh yeah, there's truth there. And then I did appreciate you backing me up about my knowledge of the extended universe. And it's a lot of it's actually not not even just from reading the books, but you know, watching the shows, um, and then just doing <clears> research <throat> to pick things up. Like if I get confused about something when anything new is brought up in Star Wars, I tend to do some research on it, look it up first. Well, no, I'm yeah. not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to be arrogant enough to think that I know more about Star Wars than you. And I was very quick to correct Chuck on that as well. I think yeah. it's you are the you are the resident Star Wars person. I, I have no qualms about that. So, yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna leave you. Well, up I stopped. I, I stopped trying to learn Hutties, so that's good. Um, <laughs> oh, did I send you guys okay. the um the meme of uh of you? You've seen that meme of the. It shows like an old lady and she's walking and then like the, the, the nurse is helping her out. And she's like, that's great. Let's go take a nap. You know, like they say <laughs> yes. something ridiculous. Have you, did I show you the one with Watto? No. <laughs> so it, it shows Watto as the old lady. And he goes, you know, I used to own Darth Vader. That's great, Watto. Now let's get you to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Anyway. laughs> All right. So 
Um, I think I kind of know where you're at here. You're at the same place with this episode. I mean, how'd you feel about this episode kind of in general? I mean, we'll say compared to the last few episodes, what were your thoughts? Same. It's, it's rinse and repeat mission, new thing, next, next chapter, next obstacle that's in the way. Um, Mm -hmm. I said all that. I said all that in the opener. I'm saying it all now. I still feel the exact same way. It's just one thing after another with nothing. There's, it almost feels like there's no cohesion between these episodes just just like where we're just throwing everything against the wall and we're going to see what sticks. I completely mm. agree with you in terms of they're just setting up future shows, future movies, what have you. I I don't I I and I don't understand why it's being done this way. It it makes almost no sense to me at all. Um yeah. The whole removing the helmet thing really bothers me. Because it was like the yeah. one thing that I thought was going to be really cool about this season is Bo-Katan finding her purpose or her place again and like reconnecting with, with becoming a Mandalorian. And then you get the whole thing with the Mythosaur and being on Mandalore. And then all of a sudden it's just all for naught. Let's just throw it out the window. Yeah, go ahead. Take your helmet off. It, why? It's, it, yeah. it, it completely renders everything else that we saw obsolete. It, it almost doesn't even matter. So it, well, it the leaves only a really bad taste in my mouth. I I would agree with you normally, and I would agree with you mainly because it seems like they're doing the exact same thing they did with Grogu at the end of two, and then bringing him right back in Boba Fett. And you yeah. Going, but we already moved past this. Like, why would you say this and then That's go back? That's different. That's different because it's over the course of like you know two seasons where you get that. Like you get yeah. a lot of breather room. This was undone right. in a matter of one episode. Now the only reason I would su- I would back it up. And it's because, you know, somebody has to. Um, Fine. <laughs> is that's where you get the line at the end of the episode where she says, you have walked both worlds. Because she showed that she could walk in that way, keep her helmet on, and live in the way that they follow. But she also has walked in the other way and has the, the ability to understand both cultures so she can unite them. That's the only thing i can kind of squeeze out of it and say fine okay i'll justify it yeah okay i i still don't Ugh. like it i know i don't like it because either. you can I'm just say, justifying it you could say the same thing about din mm-hmm. he took his helmet off people saw his face uh-huh he arguably still walked the way even after doing that I, I don't know. I don't know. And if we're not going to yeah. give him the excuse, why I'm not going to give... I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just don't uh, yeah, like I, that. I, just, I think it's sloppy writing. I think it's really sloppy. Yeah. But that's all. I that, agree. That, that's it. That's it. I agree. Which is what brings me back full circle to what I was saying in the beginning. I really feel that they're just using this as a as a launching point for other spinoffs. Possible. That we know are it's coming. Absolutely you know, possible. It's, it's, just, it's just kind of like the, you know, the anchor point. For everything so it's like hey let's make sure we introduce us all from the mandalorian not another spinoff of a spinoff you know because a copy of a copy of a copy mm-hmm. ends up being pretty garbage yeah so anyway the whole episode um starts back off on navarro and you've got grief and he's doing some city planning hey where are the rails you know we need to get stuff moved around and blah 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 well gorian shard's corsair shows up and hails him in and you know like okay meeting over let's have this conversation here he's like oh you sound like Grief Karga, but all I see is this pampered nobleman, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no, listen to my voice. It's me. You know, leave me alone. Get off, you know, get off my back, whatever. And um, he's like, well, you went ahead and, you know, I'm not going to back off. You shot my guys. And he goes, no, nah, Vane shot at me and I shot at him and I let him live. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, chill out, dude. Like, I could have killed him too, but I didn't killed all the others that were holding pulling guns out on him. Anyway, you get into this whole thing where Navarro is is a totally independent, you know, region. He did not sign up with the New Republic or with anybody else. He's just doing his own thing. Um well why? <laughs> clearly why? I'm just asking why wouldn't he sign on Sa- same reason we heard that other conversation in two episodes ago where people are saying, I can't tell the difference between the New Republic and the Empire. It's like we're getting the idea that even these other people who were once part of the rebellion fighting against the Empire 
are now starting to be more like the Empire. So he doesn't want to deal with that type of baloney political stuff. He just wants to be independent, not have to deal with anything, and not have to have any allegiances to the rest. But we see how that kind of puts him in a bad spot when he needs the assistance outside of his own resources. Understand, all understandable, all completely understandable, but I'm under the impression, well, the, the show is giving off the impression this is not the first time that he's had to deal with these pirates. Yeah. Why wouldn't you then say, all right, you know what, maybe we do need to be under some governing protection? Well, like it just makes it just makes before. sense. He, he dealt with the pirates before, but not on not not as a as a as an oppositional um, character. Like they were not opposing at that point. You know, he was the leader of the Navarro Hunters Guild. You know, and that's what he did. And he and he sometimes worked with pirates. And he, he says it in the other episode. He's like, "You got um, your cut of of the share that okay. you got with." I my boss, Gorian. So Gorian Chardon, he used to work together, not like friends, but they, they had a partnership at one or two times in the past. And now that he's trying to live a respectable life, Gorian's like, dude, like, no, you're a jerk. How dare you think you can just change sides like that and kill my men? Right. So like, I get it. And I don't think it's a matter of, of, of grief, um, not being prepared for this. I, I think, you know, he's like, dude, I told this guy to leave us alone. Why is he coming back? Okay, I guess he really wants to push this. And it was so quick. It wasn't like it, it was such a such a throwaway character. You know, they had this one episode where there was actually an issue with them. That's it. One episode, quick, done, easy, and that's that. And so, there I was, you know, thinking that he was going to be the big bad of the season. Well, that's, eh, I didn't that's... think that from day one. When he was first introduced, I'm like, this is goofy. The way that the reveal was, though. Like oh, they I know. waited until the end of the episode to reveal him, and he's like this green menacing uh, thing, looking like Davy Jones, and it's just like, oh, this might be the big bad of the season. But he was so he was so Muppet goofy. looking. I, I, was I like, know. It was I agree goofy. with you. <laughs> I completely agree with you. <laughs> I completely agree with you. It looked like something that Jim Henson couldn't put on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dark That's, Crystal. Yeah, yes, it should have been in the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But still, I mean, just, just the way that the reveal was, the way that they built up that mm -hmm. character through the course of that episode and the pirates and everything else, okay, no, no. Instead, he, no. you know, we'll get there, but he kamikaze himself in, into the planet. So, great. Yep. Perfect. Yep. So, I mean, that's whatever. So he's, I, I love his line. There's like, this isn't Sabak. You can't bluff your way out of it. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So Karga, um, Karga ends up sending a message out through an astromech, like, which was, you know, you saw him turn around and grab the astromech, and then that's that. And at that, as that happens, you see fire raining down from the sky. You know, Shard's just, like, taking it all out. Yep. Like, okay, well, there we go. So we get over to this New Republic hangout base and bar area. I guess that's where a Delphi squad is based out of, and they just kind of have a bar. And we see this um, Captain Carson Teva. I wrote his name down just because I don't want to forget. Um, we've seen him two other times. I think we saw him once. He was just like he was just like taking out the rookie um, for like a. Wasn't he know, part of the rescue? Patrol. Wasn't wasn't he part of the rescue when Din was on that snow planet? Yes. Am I, okay, so I'm, first, I am remembering that. that right. Okay. Right. The first time we saw. Oh yeah, we saw him there. Um, the rescue there, he helped them, and then later yes. on they saw him yep. again, and he took and he took off. And when we, when he first got the N1, and yeah. he just like took off, and they're like, "What? What happened?" He goes, "You really want to go back and fill out a bunch of paperwork?" Yeah. No. Okay, then. You know that was him. So, yeah, I, I like that he's back again. I will say that they tried to play him off as a very dramatic character. However, his lines, although they were relevant, the way he delivered them didn't land. I don't know. Maybe I'm being picky on just the acting part of it. But there were a couple of parts where he's saying some serious stuff, and I'm just kind of like. It just, it seemed like I was watching a stage play. Yeah. I, but, but it wasn't overwhelming. It was just, it was just minor, and I was just being nitpicky. It, he but. comes off as somebody who's, I, I like, I like this, the themes that we're playing here, that the, uh, the New Republic may not be all that they're bigging themselves up to be, because now you're having these yeah. characters who are well embedded within the New Republic, who are kind of questioning sketchy. things Ske yeah they're kind of questioning well, i mean things. well there's, now there's the have... sketchy ones there's the questioning ones yeah, yeah and now now both sides of it now you have this pilot who's actively seeking out other means 
for for aid. Yeah. So I I do right. like that. I I like I like the character. I'm not I, I'm not. No, I as, love the character. Yeah, but I I agree with you. I, Some I, of his lines were eh, it's kind of kind of like wrong. he he just didn't deliver. I just he, they could have reshot them. Is all I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. he's over there, receives a message from Karga, basically asking for New Republic assistance, humbly, and, you know, stating very clearly, I didn't want to have to do this, you know, trust me, this is not my idea, but I don't have any other choice. So he looks at that, and then, I know this means nothing to you, but a character named Zeb comes up. This character is from Rebels. Okay. And it's so cool to see him in a live action. Okay. And it's voiced by the same dude, so it's like unquestionably it's Zeb. Okay. And it's it's really really awesome because okay. he is a he is a very cool character. He's he's a he's a species called the Lasat. Even though even is, though go I'm sorry go ahead. No, I'm just I just it's just so cool to to see it finally brought in because you know that that's going to come into play. Even though His connection. I do not have the same knowledge of Star Wars that you do, I will say this. I always love when they do things like that. If you're bringing in the same mm-hmm. voice actor and you're bringing them in here and it's kind of connected and I, I'm all for little things like that. So, yeah, if mm-hmm. what you're saying is true, I, I love it. I'm, yeah, stamp of approval. Cool. Well, dude, really cool. Well, dude, same with, with Katie Sackoff. She's Bo-Katan in the, in the show. I didn't know that. So... Oh yeah, I didn't no, know. No, that's that. why. Okay. That's why it's amazing. Cause she's she's a great actress. So she was mostly known for Battlestar Galactica. Ah, sorry, Battlestar Galactica first. Why does that um, among, talk about you know, that show? I watched like two episodes. I watched like two episodes of Battlestar Galactica because people rave about it, and I was like, "This is stupid. This is boring. I'm I can't." Well, <laughs> that's just it's just a Gene Roddenberry, very Star Trekky, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I, yeah, that's what. That's why there's just way too much going on. I love the simplicity of Star Wars, but now Star Wars is becoming more and more like Star Trek. And I'm going, <laughs> really trying to hold on to my sanity here and my loyalty. You'll uh, be but fine. I know. But here we are. We've got Katie Sackhoff, who's been in both in the Lucasverse and the Roddenberryverse. And I think she's doing a great job as this character. Sometimes she's hard to read, but I think that's the point. That's the point. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. So she was also she was also a character. Oh, uh, Amulet. I think her name was Amulet Black. She was in um, DC's uh, The Flash, the Arrowverse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, she I was, remember her. Yep. Yeah, she had some weird. I think I watched like the first, I watched stuff. the first two seasons yeah. of Arrow, and then I like checked out midway through the third because it became way too soap opera. For me, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was way too soap opera right off the bat. But, Not really. It um, didn't get ridiculous until it was like, I'm with you, but also your sister was over here and it was this big uh, triangle and it was back. like, this oh. is, ri- this is, ex- <laughs> yeah, this is stupid. Then the this sister is, dies and this yeah, one comes out, she's yeah, a lesbian. And yeah. Then, yeah. I was, okay. Anyway, but yeah, anyway, Katie Sackhoff, I remember the first time I saw her anything was actually in, I think it was in The Flash. That's where she was introduced, but she's in that Arrowverse. Okay. Um, Little side jump for a moment here. So before the Arrowverse was a thing, there was a TV show, it must have been on NBC, called The Cape. Do you remember that? Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, Good cop, finds out some shady stuff's going on, and, you know, snoops around the wrong place. They go ahead and they try to frame him to make it look like he's the bad guy by, like, stapling the bad guy's mask on his head. And then he's running around and then he gets blown up, but he really falls, like, into a tunnel and gets picked up by these circus folk uh, <laughs> run by David David Keith. <laughs> the premise that you're laying out right now dude, makes this sound dude. so ridiculous. He falls so then, into a tunnel and gets picked up by circus folk. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. And the circus folk teach him how to use like theatrics. Oh my you know, god! Like, no, seriously, like disappearing and stuff like that, so he can so fight Batman. Crime. So he's Batman. So he's so Batman. He's, <laughs> so he's Batman, dude. And I used to watch this show because it was so cool to see a series that was very much like this. And this is before, like, I feel like this was what year was that? I mean, I gotta look it up, but honestly, I really enjoyed the show, and I remembered it was one of those shows that they just never finished, like they just stopped, and I was so annoyed because I'm like, I want the conclusion. Does he does he get his family back? Oh, this was 2011. Okay. So you know, only a few years after, um, after like the the, the MCU was taken off, 
Um, but this was like a full fresh, you know, thing and it was on NBC. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can you can actually watch it now on NBC. So I was I was rewatching it just to check it out again. I'm like, you know, it still holds up. It's it still holds up. The guy who played Gallivant in uh Gotham, he's the bad guy in this. Okay. But he's much younger. Okay. Um anyway, I just wanted to bring that up for a second because it was it was just it was cool to see it, but you know who Keith David is. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. They Live. Yeah. <laughs> I know who Keith is. Yeah. So <laughs> Yes, and he he's Max Malini, who's like a magician. But the magician. best part about it, he's he's a magician, you know. But he's like kind of like the leader of this these circus folk. <laughs> um, one of which is the little person that's in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know. <laughs> and he's actually really, he's actually really funny in it. But the best part, he's a he's a magician. But they're um they're they're a group of of circus bank robbers. <laughs> they rob banks. <laughs> using their skills this is batman um, this is batman <laughs> this is know. this is batman 89 this is <laughs> dude if you get a chance like it's it's not very many episodes check it out you can see it on the nbc app it's called the cape and okay. i i don't think it's that bad i mean maybe i don't think it's that bad because i watched it when it first came out and it was still kind of like a new thing getting into a new superhero type thing but I, I thought it was very entertaining. Back I'm going to check this out because about, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's completely ridiculous. But, you know, okay. right. it, it's, it's very much like before Arrow existed, this existed. And I'm like, okay, it's really, for me, it was cool to, no, to watch it. this and then see Arrow later. I'm like, okay, Arrow's like a, step, a step beyond. Anyway, back to this. Zeb, I was so happy to see Zeb. And that's he basically really cool, just then. says, hey, there. Huh? This is that's really cool. It's really cool that you yeah. that you pointed out about this character, same voice actor and everything, bringing him oh, dude. from something else. That's really cool. And, and he really and cool he looks so good. If, yeah. if 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 you if you Google and look at what Zeb looks like, they did an amazing job rendering him to live action. Now I I will say that just so for me, I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, it's just weird seeing this cartoon character in live action. Mm-hmm. How did the CG look to you seeing this character introduced? Was it like? He's it was like every CG other. It was, it was like every other CG character that you see in Star Wars. It. I mean, like like I said, I mean, well, like I said in the first episode, the production of everything that we've seen on Mandalorian has been top notch. So, I, well, uh, but no, I no, mean, no, no. if you okay, if you, you, you have said, if you have a hang on, if you have a complaint about the way that this character looks, I I have to add that maybe it's just because you have an expectation from something else that you've seen him in, and you're going, ah, well, maybe. For me, for me not having that everything. Well, for me not having that prior experience, what I see is fine. I don't have any problems with it at all. It looked perfectly fine to me. The CG, the CG work in anything Star Wars, for personally for me, has always been top notch. I don't have the same problems okay. with what you do. I mean, I know you have big problems with like the eyes. So it, for me <laughs> personally, some, well, something no, like if, this, if, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying, like Jar Jar Binks looked like garbage. You have to admit that. Last I mean, week that, he did. That's those. Yeah, I know you looked. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck was Chuck was asking, I, was like, "Do you know that's him?" And I'm like, "Yes." I, he goes, "I didn't know." I, I told him. That's <laughs> I told. I know. Him. I heard. I was like, "Are you ready for I this?" I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad when he showed up. I was like, "No, if, they're if, not." At least, doing at least this. he wasn't actually Jar Jar Binks that saved it. Because imagine, could you imagine if Jar Jar Binks was the one that okay. saved Grogu? He's, a, he's okay. like, "We're sick and run away." Grogu you know, is like, about Grogu is about to be saved. They go through this whole thing on the elevator, and here comes the big reveal. Who's it gonna be? You think it's gonna be something important, and it's Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> That's all yeah. I saw. That that was everything yeah. about that scene, that, and I was like, "That is such a slap in the face." <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, but it, again, it wasn't Jar Jar Binks. But it was. If it was Jar Jar, but if but if it was, <laughs> it was. If there's if it no was. difference. There's no difference in my mind. They did that okay. specifically to make fans of the of the prequel trilogy go absolutely not and no. No, well, not fans, but <laughs> haters of the prequel trilogy go no. And it... People who 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 pay attention like we do, <laughs> yes, not just be like, oh, that's some random dude. That's Got so, it. some Moving random on. guy. <laughs> no, it's not just, <laughs> just some like, random guy. I don't yeah. care. I don't care. Uh, it was Jar Jar, Jar, and I was so mad. He just walks in. The elevator <laughs> opens up, and you know, just chickens. And he's anyway. and, and he's and he completely wrecks. Like he got the two lightsabers going on, he completely wrecks. He's a he's an amazing Jedi, but it's still just like, but it's Jar Jar. I have a feeling 
like it was put in there just to add to the speculation of Jar Jar being like the Sith Lord, like all the speculation that was going on <laughs> for the sequel trilogy. Like, hey, you remember all yep. those? We're going to throw this in here just to, you know, uh, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. That's OK. That's, that's so Zeb basically says he's like, yeah, good luck trying to convince them to do anything out here in the Outer Rim. You know, like nobody cares. Right. Um. So then we get over to, you know, we we get over to the Rangers here, the um, the uh, New Republic here, and we see Tim Meadows. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, <laughs> like, what are they gonna do with him? And he was just Tim Meadows. Yes, he like, was. He, there was nothing. He's just like, don't you put that on my workstation? And he just puts it on his workstation. So okay, <laughs> you get out of here. You, whatever, stay. It's fine. Like, it's just Tim Meadows. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't ladies' man Tim Meadows, which no. I love that they brought in Billy D. Williams in that. Um, so there's a little seven degrees. Um, <laughs> shows him the message. And I'm like, it, it, it was a little strange that we watched the message, and then they showed the message again. It just seemed very strange in a TV show. It I understand like why they did it. Time. I understand why well, they did to it. Well, to show him cut it off. And to just, show him cut I, it I, off. I get that. Okay, right. so we're getting this whole thing about maybe there's some shady things going on with the New Republic, and I'm still on board with that. I'm also kind of on board that, first of all, uh, somebody walking in and asking for assistance, you know, in the Empire, not going to go well at all. Something really bad is going to happen to whoever's requesting assistance. Like, it's not, things aren't going to, somebody's going to get choked out, right? But here, right. it's more bureaucratic than anything else. Right. And I like that. I like that they're bringing that. I like that they're bringing, like, bureaucracy politics into the Star Wars universe. Because they've always done that. Like, Star Wars has always done brilliant politics. And here they're bringing in bureaucracy right. into it. And that might be the sketchy feeling that everybody has. Like, it's more important to have something on paper. And, like, they, they're so concerned with not seeming like the Empire that they're going to go above and beyond to make sure that everything is above board, even to a fault. So the right paperwork has to be in order. You have to have the right permission. The right people have to know about it, no matter what happens. That he was that element could be. Anything. Go ahead. He was hesitant to do anything even before he knew they didn't sign the charter. Of course. And as soon as as soon as um Elia there or whatever Elia Kane, you know the weird <laughs> uh, character there. Yeah, like Katie O'Brien. Yes. Um, when she comes in, she's like, "Yeah, they never signed the charter." He's like, "Oh, see, that's that's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all." <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yes. He was like, "See, yeah, see, another reason why I don't care." You know, he just, I don't know. He he just didn't want more work. Didn't want to deal with it. That's right. the attitude that we're getting here. Is that the that like the new republic just doesn't want to deal with stuff they don't feel like dealing with. But anyway, she says that. So you've got um, uh, Jeepers, uh, Teva here, who's basically saying, he's like, no, I think this stuff is connected. Something's going on. I heard that Moff Gideon never made it to trial. These guys have stormtroopers in the streets and TIE fighters flying overhead. Like, something's up, dude. Um, right. And then you've got, you've got Kane, who's just like, yeah, well, maybe they just need to learn the error of their ways. You yeah. know? Maybe okay. this is a good lesson for them. And he's like, uh... Is this the first piece of dialogue that we've gotten that suggests that Gideon didn't make it to trial? Like, is this the reveal of that? Or was there something I, before that I missed? I, I that, think... was, that was something to pay attention to. And they, they just gloss right over it. Yeah. So that was kind of the whole, I heard Captain America's on the moon type thing. Like, it was just a throw. It was like, I heard rumors that this never happened. And it's funny because I kept saying... They're just going to, like, let him go. How come we never heard about what happened to him? There's right. no way that right. he's just gone. And, I, and I've been saying this since he was taken away at the end of season two. Like, what's going on with Moff Gideon? That dude's a bad dude. Like, yeah. What's going to happen? So when he brought it up here, when Tava brings it up, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah. Like, at the end where of, is he? At the end of season two, the way that it was played was he's going off to face his punishment and, and we're done with the big bad for now. Goodbye. Yeah. And then yeah. here it's, oh, I heard he never made it to trial. And it's completely glossed over by this paper pusher who's just like, yeah, this isn't. I, I, it's, Colonel it, Tubble. It's so weird. 
it was so mm-hmm. weird the way that this was done. I it, it should have been like a big thing. I mean, they saved the big thing for later, but it's okay. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't get it. Neither do I. <sighs> but basically, as she starts saying, yeah, let them learn the error of their ways and they'll, they'll you know, sure, things will change. Maybe they'll learn from it. Sure. He's like, yeah, well, that's great. You know, look at you. You, you're only like you were captured and blah, blah. She goes, no, I was liberated. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole point that he's getting to here is something dangerous is happening out there. Yes. And, you know, we need to figure it out and we can't just sit here and close our eyes. Nope. As that's happening, I mean, whatever. Elia here, like, gives him the whole, like, the look as he walks out. Right. She's up to something. She's up to something. Just like we've seen already, like, four times. We knew she was up to something two episodes ago. Like, that's that's nothing. But I think I was kind of iffy on her character. I didn't know whether or not she was still going to align with whatever (laughs) empire is still out there. Or if she was just trying to advance her own, you know, station within the New Republic. Right, and now that's how I'm I fully, felt too. Here, now we're we're fully Moff Gideon, fully Moff yeah. Gideon, fully Moff Gideon, yep. still Empire to the core, diehard. Yep, yes, one hundred percent, absolutely, no question. Yeah, all right, we're on the same page there. Good stuff. So, Car- so as it's going, is going on. Karga and the people are fleeing in the desert to take refuge. Um, and he lets them know that you know I sent out a message to the New Republic and help us on the way. Okay. Wonderful. So while that happens, we get Teva shows back or arrives at the convert's location uh, because he tracked R5. Oh, <laughs> now that's another. Yeah, R- R5. <laughs> uh-huh. R5 shows up uh-huh. in Rebels as well. Yes. Uh-huh. So there's that. Um, relocate. As, oh, yeah. So that's when Din's like, OK, well, we're going to have to relocate. You know, what do we do here? Like, he gives him all the information. Here's what we need to do. We could relocate or, you know, or we could just kill him. He goes, no, we're not going to kill him. <laughs> so he shows him the message, explains that Coruscant doesn't care, and the New Republic needs to know that the Empire is growing again. This is clearly, clearly setting up uh, for Thrawn, most likely in Ahsoka. Okay. Like all this is is setting up Thrawn because okay. Thrawn is a remnant of the Empire that's trying to like regain that power. Okay. Now the Empire is it has not was not always like this big, you know, controlled by the Emperor thing a- after you know the events of Return of the Jedi, but it was just like the remnants were were like still building and trying to come together. Like they're working their way back up together again. So, so I will. I I do have a question about this, and I'm going to ask you. Yeah. The remnant of, are they, like, gathering somewhere, preparing to do something? Or or is it just, like, scattered? They're scattered, and they're they're all trying to build and get back together. Like, that's kind of what's going on right now. Okay. And Thrawn is known as, like, one of the bigger ones. Okay. And as as it progresses, he becomes more and more prominent. So it's actually really cool because... In Rebels, he was introduced in Rebels, and it was all, like, pre-stuff when when the Empire was, like, forming and building. So he wasn't around for any of the original trilogy. He right. was missing for all that time. And that's based on what they've shown in Rebels. But that allows us to go further with it and reconnect with what's, go- what's going on in the original Thrawn trilogy. So it's like, okay, you know, although it's not canon, they're still leaving it open to kind of... Be canon. Okay. So I, I'm actually really excited with how they're doing this now. But again, they're clearly setting this up, and it's most likely going to be in Ahsoka. Uh, okay. Just because she, again, she's the first person to bring up his name. So therefore, she's going after him, probably because she's trying to find um, Ezra. Right. Anyway. So I think I um, said that just in to season, explain. I, th- I think I said something like that in season two as well. Or was it Boba Fett? I don't remember. Whatever it was where uh, Ahsoka, Tano, Ahsoka Tano shows up, I said, yeah. you, don't, you don't bring in Rosaria Dawson for a cameo. Clearly. Oh, no. Clearly oh, no. something is going to be prominent with this character. So Absolutely. No, we knew that there was going to be an Ahsoka show. And I am like, looking right forward. Right after the first introduction. I am very much looking forward to that because I'm a really big fan of Rosaria Dawson. I think she's oh, a yeah. fantastic actress. Absolutely. Totally agree. 
So Din, they're back inside, you know, their little cave, and Din gives his whole speech on why they should intervene and rescue Navarro um, in return for a safe place to live in the light once again. You know, we kind of go back to that. It's like, I got a tract of land that'd be perfect for you, you know, type thing. He's like, perfect, then I'll use that for my people. So at first, Paz Vizsla here seems to be against it. I love the way that they made they they did the lines where he basically goes off. But, you know, you find out that he supports it 100%. Right. Why should we sacrifice yet again? Because we're Mandalorians. Sure. And I'm like, that is awesome. It's great. He like he finally won him over because that dude hated him since the first day he met him, and I love that like he saved his son. You know, this is the way. I cool. apologize, uh, but I I do need to back up for a second. <clears throat> I've okay. been doing a lot of complaining about the Mandalorian, the sect, and and, uh -huh. and how stupid uh, some of their decisions <laughs> have been. You don't uh -huh. you you don't scan a, a droid to find out. Oh, hey, it's being tracked. That's, yeah. that's not a thing that j just happens. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Is it just me? Meh. Okay. That's I mean, it. they're kind of limited that's on their I technology, say. I guess. They're limited they on their tech. They have jetpacks. Yeah. Yeah. I guess their scanners just don't <laughs> they work. They have jetpacks. Uh -huh. They have ships. <laughs> Din has this amazing, amazing dude, relic that he's dude, just, um, just the most incredible just, technology that all of them have. But we're not going to scan the droid. The droid is their scanner. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> the droid is their scanner. The droid is... No, but they're not going to scan... Use, they use droids to scan Yeah, stuff. they use scan the droid. They, yes, but they're not going to like make sure that the droid itself isn't being tracked. Well, dude, they just... Like I said, they just didn't have that technology. That's just not the way. I'm calling baloney on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For so, sake of argument, I'll move on, though. Yeah. So Bo-Katan briefs the team... Uh, the plan is the N1 will distract while the Mandalorians go in. Right. Um, you know, it says that you guys used to live in the sewers on that planet, but now you can be heroes and live in the light. Let's let's go do it. Yes. So they get we get back over there. The place is being ravaged. It's basically Sodom and Gomorrah. People are drunk and shooting a Kowakian monkey lizards in the streets <laughs> and in the trees. And, you know, I, I love they keep bring it, bringing those characters in. You see the Anzellans. Um that are, you know, uh, uh, Babu Frick, yeah. you know, at the Anzellans that are just like laughing. Like, well, anyway, the Mandos come in and, uh, or he comes in, starts shooting things off, and you got Karga who goes, You're outnumbered 10 to 1. I like those odds. I love the difference, but I, I love I love that line because, yeah, of course you do, is how he says, but I, I love that because you get the whole Han Solo thing. Never tell me the odds, kid, you know, like. But okay. here we go. He's like, yeah, I like those odds. All right. Drop team comes in, takes out pirates. The Enzelans are watching and laughing as the pirates are taken down. I thought that was fun. Uh, the N1 and Bo-Katan ship, which I forget the name of her ship, they start taking out uh, the Corsair's engines. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, monkey. I, I, the monkey lizards were actually helpful yeah. here, and they like point. They pointed, they pointed out in that the direction. Yes. They're like, ah, and it's like, ah, this is an ambush. All right, cool. <laughs> So I love these pirates. So in um, in Clone Wars and in Rebels and stuff like that, we see the pirates, and a lot of them are mostly Weequay. Now Weequay are those; they look like Freddy Krueger with like almost like dreads. Um, and you saw them in Return of the Jedi. You remember the two dudes that were like, they were like, I think they were walking with Luke when they were bringing him to the Sarlacc pit, and you can see like their eyes blinking in these horrible masks, and you're like, wow, that is just really bad makeup. Yeah, those are the weak way. Okay. Um, so they um, there's one Hondo, which is voiced by uh uh oh geez, I lost his name. The guy does all the voices. Ooh, uh, Jim Cummings. No, okay. Jim Cummings. Uh, okay. Like all the cartoon voices, he was like Pete, Jim Cummings, you know, yes. from Goofy Movie and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um. So Jim Cummings plays Hondo. Um, anyway, so I'm looking at all these pirates, and they're all the same type of people that you would see as pirates. You've got the Clatoonians, those dog-faced dudes. You've got the Weequay, you've got the Ugnaughts, the, uh, the um, Aqualish. They're the ones with the, uh, like, the big giant teeth in the front, and they don't, they don't have mouths, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Trandoshans, like Bosk. Uh, the Nikto. Now, the Nikto, we saw Nikto before. They were the Nikto bikers, the ones that were 
blowing stuff up with the sand people in Boba Fett. Okay. So the Nikto Vane, that guy Vane, he's a Nikto. So I, I just like that we see all these different pirates and they're all these like creepy looking species and it's like that's who they are. The dog faced ones, the Clatoonians, I don't know. They're 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 so dog facey. It's weird to me. It it looks like a character from uh Tom and Jerry. You know? The big okay. bulldog. Yeah. Um or or Jeepers Creepers. That that's more what it looks like. Um, anyway, they're there, they, they get this big cannon or whatever, they're, they're shooting out of, uh, uh, Karga's balcony, the armorer comes in and just takes them all out, like, total armorer, like, it's being nothing, armorist. yeah, like it's just, nothing, okay, takes over the turret gun, and then starts, you know, fighting them off, and then the people return and force the pirates that are there on the ground to surrender, okay, pretty classic, yeah, pretty obvious. There yeah. we go. We it got cool. it. It was good for what it was. There was uh, a I, I love... I re- there was a moment that I really love when they're completely boxed in. Mm. Like they, mm. like the ambush, do- the ambush, the ambush does is actually successful for a minute where the pirates are able mm. to like enclose them and, and, and box them in and they're coming in on both sides. And I was like, yeah. ooh, that's pretty interesting because normally it's just good guys come in, they wreck house, they win, moving on. So they actually add right. in an element of, ooh, what's going to happen? Oh, well, they're still going to win, we move on. But it was kind of cool. Right. Yeah, it was a for good a battle. moment there, you, it was you a good. It was it. a really good battle. Right. So then Vane just goes ahead and bails on Shard, yep. which I kind of I didn't expect it. I did. But then when, <laughs> But then when he said it, I was not surprised because he's a pirate. Yes. So I was just like, it's been an honor serving with you, Captain, but uh, bye. <laughs> and just takes off. <laughs> so, so Shard's not having it. I'm sure we'll never like, see him again. <laughs> oh, no, no, we're done. Like when, when you, when we always say, well, we never saw him die. I doubt that's the case with this character. Right. So um, everybody bails on him. He starts blasting down below just whatever he can. They take out the last engine and bye, all gone. Yeah. So we're yes. done with him. We are not going to see that character again. Don't and think for so. For so either. many reasons, we don't need to. So, anyway, <laughs> Karga's there talking to his people. Thank you to our Mandalorian liberators. Um, so now everything from the Western Lava Flats to Bullet Canyon is now belonging to the Mandalorians. So now you might not have a planet. But you have a home. Right. So welcome and thank you. So now they finally have a place that they can be where people aren't going to give them any crap. Again, it's it's an independent, you know, planet. So therefore, like, nobody's going to have any regulations there. It's going to, like, throw them off. I'm really okay, curious cool. how the, I'm really curious how the, uh, the New Republic is going to feel about this. Yeah. Well, that's... Like, what's the retaliation going to well, be? Especially because of the end of the episode. That's right. the biggest point. Well, not even so, just not even just that. I mean, we have what's her name, you know, who was back on Coruscant, going, "Well, maybe they need to learn a lesson," and there mm-hmm. there was absolutely no lesson to be learned there. So I'm I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, like, what's the, how are they gonna, how are these paper pushes gonna feel about this? That's, yeah, that's yeah. that's my whole yep. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the armor uh, wishes to speak to Bo-Katan in yes. the old forge. And yep. that's the forge we saw in the beginning. Uh, yes. re- remember, this is, this is Navarro. This is yes. where it all kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, she starts talking about the great forge and then comparing it to the simple one. Remove your helmet. She's like, uh, what? Do you respect me? Do you respect my post? Remove your helmet. I hate I'm this. I'm like, it's a tra- I'm going, it's a trap. I, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's going on here. I hate this so much. She, she goes off and she goes, our people have strayed far from the way. We must walk the way together. I, and I'm like, okay. So I watched it twice, as I usually do. She goes, all Mandalorians, you saw the mythosaur. Uh, it's a sign of the next age, or that the next age is upon us. You've walked both worlds, and you can unite us. Stop. Because last time that they had this conversation, the armorer almost didn't even believe this. She, oh, yeah. she treated this as oh, it was a vision. She that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's the last time we heard anything about this. The right. armorer clearly thought the Bo what's her name? Bo Katan. Bo Katan. Bo Katan uh-huh. clearly thought she saw a vision. This is not real. She did not buy into any of this, and we're moving on. Now all of a right. sudden. Yeah. Yeah. That is I, that I, is that is sloppy. 
That is incredibly sloppy. And I'm going to steal a page out of your mm. book. Maybe there's a deleted scene where they have another <laughs> conversation somewhere in between these two. It doesn't make any sense. Her completely, her, her flip of, a, of character here, the armorer, doesn't make any sense. What was it that gave her a change of heart? Was it, was it or, or is it just, well, sure. What? No clue. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely no clue. I don't know what okay. it is. I can't figure out what's been going on with the armor since day one. She's a strange character. And it's just, I no, just no, she's it. not a strange character because since we've seen her and her dealings with Din and her dealings with Grogu, she's been incredibly sure of herself. And her station. She's incredibly intelligent. She knows a lot. And she knows she knows the goings on and everything else. But when Bo-Katan shows up, it's flipping from one thing to another. Why? And we don't really get any kind of an explanation. I want this explained. This, If this isn't explained, I'm going to be really upset. And I'm going to be honest mm. with you. There has to be something. There has, we have to get an explanation of why she had a change of heart. There has to be. Yeah, I, I, I there, there should be. <laughs> we can say there has to be all we want, and I, I feel like I've been saying that for years now with all the stuff we've been watching, and then it doesn't happen, and I go, oh, oh, oh dear. So okay, okay. Anyway, yeah. She's going to walk both worlds and unite them because <laughs> she believes she saw the mythosaur. <laughs> Got it. Sure. Okay. Okay. Anyway, okay. she walks out. She's got no helmet on. They're all confused. She's still kind of confused. <laughs> We're all confused. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point is that she, her job now is to bring all the other Mandalorians that are in exile back here. She's their leader. And then bring all the tribes, bring all the tribes yeah. together. It's time to retake Mandalore. Okay. Now somebody had a question. Forgot who. They're like, "Well, doesn't she still have the dark saber?" No, no. she held it for a moment. Yes. Din still has it hooked yes. on his belt. So no, I was when they would does. when they did this scene. I was half expecting her to challenge him. Mm-hmm. That's exact because they do the they do the the, the, the close up of him and he's standing there like ready. She's walking yep. towards him with all the purpose in the world, and I'm like, oh, right. here we go. We know uh -huh. that that has to happen. Like there has to be. A, I'm not saying that he has to die, but what I am saying is eventually she needs to challenge him for that weapon. Yeah. Don't you think that she would want the weapon before she's like off to like reunite everybody? Like, that would Absolutely. be a really cool thing to have. Sure would be. I'm your leader. But, Prove it. Nope. Darksaber. Okay, yeah. great. We're following you. Now it's like, oh, you, you think you yeah. saw a mythosaur. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. This whole thing is so wild. Okay. Yeah. I'm I, done. I I'm done. I'm so, it makes no sense. Basically, she says at this last part, it's time to retake Mandalore. Right. Retake it from who? Retake it from what? It is barren. It is there. Just go. <laughs> so my question is, are they talking about Mandalore, the planet, or Mandalore, the people of Mandalore? And then I figure, as I say that, it's time to retake Mandalore. I'm waiting for them to say, this is the way. Nope. The one time they should have, yeah. nobody said it. And nobody. I'm going, wow, what a slap in the face to like everybody who's been watching this show since day one. Pretty much. There's no this is the way. No. Okay. Missed opportunity. Yep. Okay. So then we get which... which what might as well have been a, like an end credit scene. Yeah. You know, because it was like, all that's over. Yeah. And then we get this scene with Teva, which was very much an end credit scene. Yep. Uh, but it was pre-credits. Yep. They've never had an end credit scene for this. Um, oh, they did once. It was at the end with the Book of Boba Fett, you know, like, hey, it's going to come. Um, 
I think I think we all collectively as like a community of of this kind of medium need to stop expecting the end credit scenes. Marvel has tainted us all, and I think we all need to let it go. But they did it. They did it with the Mandalorian once. I know, and they might do it again. (laughs) Okay. So we have to keep we have to keep our eyes open in case they (laughs) ever do it again. Okay. Anyway, so Tava sees the old uh, shuttle that we've seen. Yeah. And um, it was basically, <laughs> he finds out it was Gideon's transport ship, and it was intercepted. Yeah. No kidding. Um, I love how he, so his R7 sends out a probe. I love that it was like, you know, just like R2-D2's little top thing, but it was detached and mm-hmm. kind of floating around. Yeah. I like that. I thought yeah. that was, it was very, I love that they're keeping things, the technology is still, you know, true. Um, his body's missing. Shocker. But all the other bodies are still there. Um, but here's the big weird thing. There's a fragment of Beskar alloy embedded in the wall. Yes. And, I, and honestly, as dramatic and cliche as this whole scene was. Agreed. I really enjoyed it. You know, so did I. It was because it was just like the rest of the show has been so uh, like, fine. Give me something cliche, but cool. And this this whole scene was, you know, dead bodies floating around. Like, what's going to happen here? There's a fragment of Beskar alloy embedded in the wall. Of course, what? there is. Does that mean? Does that mean y- y- you think they were taken by dot 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 Mandalorians? <laughs> like, end credits. Like, dude, that was a very 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 good ending. It was. Now, it was. And it's like, ah, oh, they've they've had some gems, great openers, great endings. But, like, give us some good content overall, please, for this season. We're, Something. We're in complete agreement. And I agree with you. As cliche as this was, it's the highlight of the season so far that makes it great. Right. <laughs> right. So I agree with you. I think I will say this, though. I think it's misdirection. Like, Basgar eh. armor embedded in the ship, I don't think... That doesn't necessarily point to Mandalorian. That can just point to somebody who has Beskar armor. And we've seen other people, Boba Fett, for example. There are mm. other people out there who have Beskar armor. Like, I'm not... So there are two theories. There are two okay. theories I have. Okay. One um, could be there's another sect that she's going to connect with at one point that is that she's not going to realize is connected to Moff Gideon, and there's going to be a whole thing right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got, what, three, three, four episodes left? Something like know. that, yeah. Uh, so... There could be a whole thing there where she goes in somewhere and it gets very much like some of the stuff that we saw in Clone Wars or Rebels. Um, Isn't, wait a minute, wait, this one actually makes a lot of sense because we saw her raiding junkyards. We know that Uh she's done it before, so it's entirely possible. Well, I was going to get into that's the other one. Okay. That is the other. The other thought is. Oh, I thought, that, I thought that's where you were going in the first place. <laughs> no, no, no. I was saying maybe there is another sect of okay. Mandalorians that are that are somehow sympathizing with Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. But then the other side is Alia Kane. Oh, well, duh. As yes. we saw what she's doing here, she could have clearly planted something in yes. there to make it look like Mandalorians were the ones who did it. And, that, and her plan is to get them to fight each other. Blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Take them down. From off Gideon, yeah. I was actually like, going in a completely different direction. She could have just easily stumbled across Beskar armor amongst the wreckage of, of debris that she, they're being assigned to get rid of. It's not... It's not... It's a, it, it was, it was an embedded Beskar alloy. <laughs> it wasn't even Beskar armor, per se. Okay, fine. It was just fine. a piece of Beskar. If you want to bog yourself down in the details of alloy versus armor you go for it i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying that it's it's, i don't think she's going in there like wearing armor and bumped into something i feel like she planted that evidence there yes to get people after after the mandalorian exactly yes and that's why when you mentioned the whole thing like how's the new republic gonna feel about this independent state when they find out mandalorians are there like well yeah yeah and that's perfect because she's setting them all up for absolute failure yes so That is the most likely, like, I'm, like, 85% sure that's the direction they're going with it. But you never know, because everything else they've set up this season has been a big slap in the face and has not gone that way because they changed their mind. It's like, I think I, this, I feel like they make I an think, episode and they, they fall asleep and forget that they made an episode the week before. I think out of the couple of things that were established in that 40-minute whatever it was 
derailment from the Mandalorian showing her and her development, her character and everything that she's doing. She's Mm -hmm. digging through wreckage. wreckage. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, why else? If they don't go anywhere with that, (laughs) it's wow. Yeah, I I will be incredibly surprised. Incredibly surprised. But I agree with you. Clearly, she found something. She planted something. What? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. You and I are in complete agreement. Yes. Yep. So that's pretty much that. Yes, it is. Um, am I excited to see what happens next week? Meh. I am. <laughs> I am. I am. The way that this, this, is, this, the way that this ended, the way that this ended, Moff Gideon, the, the New Republic, all that going on, and now you have Mandalorian, who, who you and I are in agreement that they're being set up, They've set themselves up for something. <laughs> They've been setting themselves up for so many somethings that I'm going to go, is this next episode going to be another setup? Are they finally going to get to it? Uh, or Like, they keep on doing it. Like, every time we get, like, okay, we've got, like, three plots going on here, they still just add another one. So... There are three episodes left. Yeah. I'm going to be... I'm... Okay, fine. I'm going to be the optimistic one and say... They have to pay this off. They they, they have to. <laughs> or. Or. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or Disney. <laughs> <laughs> or Disney. You're right. No, You're on, right. honestly. You're like, right. They've, they've been just stringing us along. So. Your, your criticisms, mean, go, your it, criticisms it, it right now are valid. Your criticisms are yeah. absolutely valid. Absolutely valid. Yep. But so yeah. that's I that's I for I am personally I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to pay all of this off. They've they've I have not enjoyed this season, but the things that they have set up, I I want to believe that they're going to give a decent payoff. I hope. In another in another series. Maybe. You know, if they don't do it, if they don't do it, then you and I can have, you know, the conversation of it's time to burn it down with fire. Let's just, <laughs> we, we can get there. We can get really rambunctious uh, later on. But right now, I'm, I'm still, I'm still hope. Yeah. Hope. Hope. Well. Yeah. That's it for me then. That is it for uh, me as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me on this adventure, Will. And for all of those of you listening to us out there, thank you for coming along. And we look forward to uh, checking in next week. Bye, everybody. See you.